Welcome to Down to Herf, the podcast for cigar smokers, whiskey drinkers, and for the people just looking to kick back, light up, and have a good time. I'm your host, Jerry, and I'm joined by, as always, my co-host, Gio and Caleb. Fellas, 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 how are we doing on this fine Sunday night? Caleb, what's up, buddy? Just glad to be here. Thank you for the t-shirt. Uh, another Flamingo shirt. Uh, ready to rock it. Ready to rock some drinks and rock some good cigars. Gio, what's happening, my brother? Hanging in there. Got it a fun one hand. Plan, yeah, plan for us today. Can't talk, clearly. It was Caleb's shirt. He got it all stained. It threw me off for a loop here and had to steal another one of yours. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, I feel like the guy kind of lives out of my closet sometimes. He's like your Kramer. At yeah. Least, yeah. A little bit. At least I've come out of the closet. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't stay in there. Which is okay, I guess. So, Not but, that there's anything wrong with being in the closet, Caleb. Yeah, for sure. Gio, we got a guest on tonight. When we get into that, buddy. We got Garrett Robinson joining us. VP of sales from Don Doroteo. Hopefully I said everything right there. Got the title and all that, but did my research. Try to pay attention to these things. But Garrett, welcome to the Herf, brother. Thank you so much. Honored to be on the show, guys. Beautiful. Beautiful. So what's up, man? For some reason, your uh, video is not working on our end. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, we just lost your video. Looks like a Wi-Fi connection. I don't know. Huh. We got a little, yeah, whatever that little dot means. Hang on. It says it's recording, but I mean. Little technical difficulties. Yeah. I mean, it happens. Going remote here. Well, you know, we always risk that, but... Uh, yeah, we're going rogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this stuff, is, sometimes shit works and sometimes it doesn't, so hopefully this does work. Uh, it says that hey. you're recording still, so it records everything individually, so, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, this is still working, so... Yeah. Well, you know what? I didn't meet Garrett in All Las right. Vegas at PCA, so this right now is kind of like a blind date. <laughs> <laughs> he swiped right on Tinder for <laughs> You know what? Everyone gets a swipe right. They just fly through the yeah. app and just keep swiping. So, shoot to edit. We got uh, Garrett Robinson on Don Doroteo. Uh, now the recent, I pretty recent, right? The VP of sales for Don Doroteo? January. January. Uh, January okay. So, you, you got happened. a couple months under your belt. Yeah. All right. Perfect. I do. And uh, I know you guys are all younger, but has anybody seen UHF? UHF. Uh, Does that sound familiar at all? UHF. No. Is that like a that's an acronym for something? I'm guessing. So that was a Weird Al Yankovic movie back in the '80s. Uh, my buddy, actually, I have a friend right here, Jerry, whose garage I'm in. Uh, he's raising his hand, uh, but we're old as balls. So <laughs> you guys need to go out and see UHF. There is a scene where you were just talking about Kramer. He's actually in that movie, and he plays this silly guy. Michael Richards is in that? tells kids, or, yes. He asks kids if they want to drink from the fire hose, right? <laughs> and they get all excited, and this one kid comes up, and he just unleashes the beast, and the kid goes flying across the stage. Um, <laughs> that's what it was like going from the... So I was in IT industry for 16 years, and alongside that, last couple of years, I was a cigar broker. 
drinking from the fire hose is like the transition from those things to VP of sales for a cigar company. Sure. Um, you think you know the industry. You think you know, you know what this position is going to entail, and it's completely different. Well, I got. But the good news is. Hmm. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say I got to imagine uh, the transition had to be you know very enlightening. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot more to the industry than the the everyday person knows. Even being like a cigar broker and you know still having some industry experience, yes. I would have to imagine it's still way different. It it absolutely is, absolutely is. Um, and you know, I was also doing and still doing. How about that cigar uh, podcast? Um, so you, you know, had your hat for four your, years you know, now with Matt Ty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what made you, I mean, honestly, what made you kind of want to take that leap? Um, you know, uh, you, you're kind of like us in a way you, you ran a cigar, uh, podcast. I mean, do you feel like it was more challenging running the podcast or do you think it was more challenging doing VP of sales? Because I know firsthand how much actually goes into putting the shit out and the editing and making sure everything looks good and, you know, you always want to put out a quality product. I mean, what? I guess, what kind yeah. of challenges do you face now that you didn't have to accept, you know, hours of your time? Instead of editing, you're probably, you know, reaching out and, you know, trying to get Don Doroteo out into, you know, these uh, brick and mortars and, you know, online. And, you know, what, what kind of challenges do you have to face now? Well, I would say, you know, with the podcast, um, I was acquaintances with Satan. Now we're buddies. <laughs> um, but in uh, in all reality, uh, Matt Ty, who is really the guy that runs How About That Cigar. Um, so, you know, 98% of How About That Cigar is Matt Ty. Um, and he worked really hard and works still works really hard on that show. Um, and Justin and I, the, the engineer, and I'm grateful to be, be a co-host uh, for the last four years. Um, Matt makes it easy. Um, VP of sales, I am extremely grateful for my time with How About That Cigar, that we were able to develop relationships that helped me start the brokerage to start. Um and then when I became VP of sales, the outpouring of support was just mind-blowing. This industry is the fucking best industry in the world, and a- nobody could convince me otherwise. Oh, yeah. What a fun industry. Yeah. Had, smoking I mean, cigars, like, chilling, relaxing. <sighs> yeah. they. Well, I and mean- just like, um, you know, uh, people like Miguel Chaudel, uh, Jack Taranio, Mickey Pegg, Jose Blanco, um, I, I mean, I could name dozens of people that reached out to me personally and said, congratulations, I'm honestly here if you ever need anything. And, <clears throat> and they all have been. Um, and it's just, it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, meeting a, you know, a bunch of those guys for the first time at PCA, they were nothing but nice to us. Uh, you know... Mickey Miguel was actually on our third episode of our show when we had kind of almost no idea what we were getting into at this time. And 
We appreciated him coming, coming talk, on. Talk about a uh, you know a wealth just, of knowledge. Just a wealth of knowledge. I mean, it's it was crazy. Like, how do you get a guy like that on your show in your third episode, and you're just like, holy shit, this guy literally knows fucking everything. I mean, so I mean, that's that's really good yeah. to be able to be complimented by you know some of those names. And Jack, and this Jack, is his hat. Jack is uh in uh, Espinosa. That's right. Yeah, yep. he's a national sales manager for yep. Espinosa. So, and then this is Miguel Chaudel's hat company right here. Yeah, the Estadas. Uh, what the hell was it? Uh, Estadas Twenty One. Yes. Yep. Big hat guy, big baseball guy. Uh, so it's awesome. It's like Helencia Twenty One or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I think you got it there. Yeah, I was giving him shit. I was like, I want the Puerto Rican Helencia Twenty One. Yeah. But he's like, oh, no, that one's going to cost you like twenty four ninety nine because Crown Heads gives away all those damn hats. I was like, damn. Yeah, Herencia 21. <laughs> yeah. So, you guys, a shout out to Miguel. Uh, support his hat company, Herencia21.com, if I can do a shameless plug. Yeah. <laughs> no. Hey, you're on the show. You get to plug whatever you want, buddy. <clears throat> he's actually going to be awesome. in town next week. Uh, he's got a, an event that he's doing here in Buffalo. Hmm. So him and Jake Sanders will be here. And we just had Jake on, and we did a little uh, conspiracy after her, so uh, it was a fun one. A good good guy to have on, too. Yeah. Yeah, we kind of went down that crazy rabbit hole of conspiracies, but it it was a great time. So I always love when Jake comes in town. He's he's our age. We... uh, you know, after he's done doing, you know, all of his accounts and all of his like uh, northeast um, work regional manager shit, you know, he gets to come here, hang out with us. He's got a couple guys here in Buffalo that he can always just gel with and hang out. So we always have a great fucking time when he's here, man. We just drink and smoke, and it's it's like having friends out of town that you know that you met through the industry. So I mean, that's another thing you could say on the industry side of things. Uh, I mean, the amazing people that you meet every day, you know, doing this stuff. So I'm thankful we have this podcast. I'm yeah. thankful for guests like you and, and, you know, the ability to sit down and have a conversation with you is, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really good for the industry and it's really good for, uh, you know, our audience. So we appreciate you having, uh, having you on. All right, Garrett. Well, well I appreciate it. And uh, obviously I've seen both sides, but yeah, sure. Sorry, Giovanni, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, so obviously we're, you know, you know, we appreciate all the shout outs in the industry, stuff like that. But the main stuff we're here to talk about, you know, Don Doroteo, new brand, you know, debuted at PCA 22. And we got their banger of a release from this last PCA, the salt of the earth. We are smoking the Piedra Viva. You want to give us some background on this one for everyone so they know what they're, you know, getting into? So what I'm going to do is... Um, if I can tell the story of Don Doroteo, um, sure. yeah, go ahead. most That's of the time when I'm doing a new podcast, you know, I, I, I'd like to just give the rundown because the story is, uh, is so important, uh, for those who know the Fuente story and know, um, you know, maybe the Padron story or Nick Perdomo, all of these companies came from a place of, um, you, you know, there's just a, a long lineage of not only people and individuals, but events. Yep. Did we, so did we lose, lose you? without further ado, hmm. oh, stand by for some technical difficulties. Yeah. Um, chat. might've lost them on the chat. Huh? Yeah. We lost him completely. Oh, uh, yeah. 
Well, we're going to just <laughs> briefly wait, and I'm yeah, sure briefly he'll be back wait. I'm sure he'll be popping back in. Caleb, what are we drinking today? All right, today I feel uh, like this is a good opportunity to yeah, just touch on that. All right, Jerry, you got the bottle, so if we could do a quick flash of the I bottle do, to you. I do, It's a Whistle Pig 10. Whistle Pig 10. And now, guys, this is my ride. Yeah, this is a um, Rochester Elite uh, Barrel Pickers Club special pick from the month of May uh, by Jeff March. So we have a 10-year-old rye from Whistle Pig. It is a 115.9 proof. Strong one here. So, uh, Gio, I hope you're ready for this one. Yeah, I mean, I know Jeff uh, isn't afraid to dabble in the high-proof stuff, so... So it's guy's a- going to be making me miss the enjoyment of this cigar <laughs> here. I can just tell. So it's actually um, 10 years, 10 month age. It is from Warehouse 5, Rick D, and Level 2. Um, I don't know too much about this. All I know is it's from Shoreham, uh, Vermont. So, the, it, you know, we've done Whistle Pig before, but it's weird having a whiskey from Vermont. You know, you don't think about that when you think about where your whiskey's from. You think Kentucky, Tennessee, maybe some like western states out there but man uh vermont second time doing it you know last time i think we did the piggyback very early on right geo yeah i uh cinco de mayo oh yeah oh yeah yeah we did that with the mexican experiment but yeah i not too much information it's slightly different than the 10-year rye that you're going to get out of whistle pig that was uh rated a 96 um so very high rating uh out of you know the whistle pig 10 but again, this is a single barrel select, so it's different. Every single barrel you get is going to be different. This one right now, um, you know what? I'm going to say it. I always say it. It doesn't taste like 115.9 proof. Very easy to sip. Um, you are getting a lot of that rye smell to it, the spice to it. I don't know if you guys are getting any other tasting notes or if you tried it yet, but so far, first sip or two in, digging it. All right, guys. I'm going to make my plunge here. That's a rye. That's, <laughs> That's what he says every time he has a rye. So. <laughs> I love that reaction from Gio. Oh. The little, that's a rye. That's a rye. Yep. That burn, man. Really? You're getting a burn from this? It's 115.9. Yeah, it's almost 116, man. This yeah, is it's, 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 uh, it's got some proof to it. What do you think about it, man? I think it's pretty good, actually. And uh, I'm, not getting a big, I'm not getting a big bite. Um, I'm it thinking, smells great on the nose, too. A lot of spice in here. Yes. You can, Yes. Like cinnamon, some just like cooking spices, but yeah, it's a great smelling whiskey right here. I mean, 10 years on this, man. This is like your Eagle Rare, yeah. the 10 year on it. So yeah. it, it aged very well, I got to say. So, yeah, I mean, as far as that goes, the whiskey, I mean, so far, just from the taste, I mean, I don't really like rise a ton. It's no secret, but I can see why Jeff picked this bottle. It's got like after you get past that initial rye hug, it's definitely got some flavor to it for sure. And uh, as far as like, well, we, we did the piggyback. Like, yeah, we did, that was a hundred percent. I think piggyback a hundred percent rye. I think. Oh no, they don't make a hundred percent. Make a ninety-five-five, but yeah. I gotta say, this is very oily. You spin this thing around, you see the legs on that thing. Very uh, viscous, as it may be. Oh, uh, looks right. like we got Garrett coming back. Um, but yeah, any any other uh, notes, smells, taste you guys are picking up from this? Uh, I'm getting a lot of cinnamon, a lot of spice to it, little little pepper. Dude, this stuff smells fantastic. Welcome so. back. Yeah, you ain't kidding, man. 
it's all right. Uh, I'm just gonna restart this, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get you. We'll get you back uh, going. We'll we'll pick up right where we left off. Um, the story of Don Doroteo. All right. So the story of Don Doroteo. Uh, it starts in 1936. Doroteo is uh, 16 years old. Lost his parents and uh, needed to support. Um, extended family and community and decided to start farming in the, in the Dominican Republic. He sold tobacco exclusively to La Aurora, who is the oldest factory in the Dominican Republic. Um, and he did that for 50 years. So Doroteo passes away in uh, 2012, 2011, somewhere in there. And few years later, grandsons, Juan and Aaron, um, you know, uh, Juan is the co-founder alongside uh, Brandon Dahlman, who they wanted to start the cigar company. And Juan said, well, my grandfather uh, did this. And then um, it was just like this beautiful pathway to bringing a cigar to market and also bringing farming back to the, their family and, and the community. Um, so they, they started the farm. They rekindled the relationship with La Aurora. Uh, Manny Anoa at La Aurora saw the, you know, yes, Juan is the grandson of Doroteo. And um, because of that long history that Doroteo had with them, um, he gave... Juan and Brandon access to his aging room. Um, and like you said, Giovanni, last year at PCA, we launched our very first cigar, which is this uh, El Legado that puts, uh, you know, it, it gives the homage to Doroteo. And um, this cigar was rolled by Manny 15 years ago. So every cigar in this El Legato series was rolled 15 years ago. Um, some of the tobaccos in here are now 21 years old in this El Legato. I know you guys don't have any of those with you right now, but you're each getting one. Um, so oh, I sent you awesome. a Toro. Um, retail on these, we've got five Batolas ranging from Corona to Bellicoso will run anywhere between 24 to 35, depending on the Vitola um, because of the age, you know, there's a, there's a tax on age people that liked age cigars. You don't have to put in the time and the effort. You can go out and, and buy an aged cigar that has been sitting. It was sitting in La Aurora for 14 years. Um, so, that's the that's the quick and dirty on Don Doroteo. It's kind of a Wolverine origin story. Uh, fast right. forward. Um, actually, PCA 22, as Matt, Justin, and I were standing on the showroom floor looking for, you know, our path and scheduling out how we were going to hit the show, we, uh, we saw this booth and I was like, Don Doroteo, Don Dorito, what, what's happening right now? <laughs> God damn. Didn't, you know, didn't uh, recognize it and out. So we were like, hey, let's just kick it off with something we have no idea 
what this is going to be. And uh, for those, you know, if you go to How About That Cigar um, on YouTube and search Don Dorteo, you'll see our uh, very first interview with Juan. And I was impressed with Juan, his, the, uh, the lineage, the, the story, and then the cigar. Um, I'm grateful that this was the first cigar that I smoked on the show floor at PCA because a lot of the nuances for anybody that's really smoked an aged cigar will know that it comes with a lot of nuance will be lost on, you know, at PCA. Um, obviously you guys know you're smoking cigars all day. Your palate gets fucked by half of day one. And 100%. Yeah. Everything tastes good actually, I mean, if you're in Vegas and you're at the show, <laughs> I mean, you, you pretty much start smoking cigars before you even hit the floor on the first day. So, right. Yep. You're absolutely every, right. Everything is there too. Like, oh yeah, everything you ever wanted to smoke, every everything, whatever everything. you want, you can get it. Yeah. So I mean, and guys, you'll go up there, you go to talk to someone. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to talk to you if you're not smoking my stuff. So here, take, put that up. Put that. Oh, oh yeah. Right. Okay. Go from yep. like just this hardcore Maduro to a Connecticut. I was like, oh yeah, this is great. I can't taste shit. <laughs> <laughs> It's so true too. So I got a question for you. I got a question for you, yeah, Garrett. Man. So last year you said uh, you went. Um, did you go as media or because you didn't go as part mm-hmm. of uh, Don? No, he was part of the. How about that cigar? Okay, so yeah. So you kind of went yeah. as media with the with the podcast. So how was yeah. it for you this year? Actually, you know, not going as media as part of the podcast, but as actually being part of a company. I gotta say, it was. It's a bittersweet. It was definitely a bittersweet. Dude, you're like um, a fucking celebrity, man. Everybody knew who you were. Oh, I'm sure he was. Yeah, no doubt about that, bro. Like, but it, it's it, it's different um, when you go to the PCA trade show as media. Um, I don't know. There's a different energy uh, about it. There's a, um, and it's not about status either. It's not about you know this person's a big deal or that a big deal. Um, you'll find that most of the people, you know, your, your Rockies, your Carlitos, your, you know, all all of those guys actually are unbelievably humble and wonderful people. And, um, you know, there's some people in the industry or consumers that might put some of these people on the pedestal, but they certainly don't. And that's another reason why I absolutely love this, this industry. Um, so going as a VP of sales versus media, the responsibility on me as a VP of sales was tenfold versus going as media. As media, <laughs> you're at the mercy of um, the people that you want to interview, you know, for time. Um, and, you know, obviously you don't want to get in, in the way of business. Um, so... Um, there's not as much responsibility as media, but when I'm there for Don Doroteo, it's like, I got to be on. So I only went out one night, uh, late one night at PCA. Well behaved. So I could be fresh. Oh, I was well. And, uh, full disclosure, uh, I've been sober 28 years. So probably longer than maybe some of you are alive. 
almost. Yeah, almost. We're we're all in our thirties here. Yeah, we're we're all in our thirties. Yeah. All right. But that's awesome, man. Uh, I, I I we usually pair all of our cigars on every episode yeah. with a spirit, but uh Good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean and, it's and it's a it, it's not like, you know, uh you know, to be like crazy or anything. It's just you know, that's just the the secondary uh hobby that we all have and, and share interest Absolutely. in. Absolutely. We're like big spirit. Well, guys. I live we vicariously. Like, we love whiskey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For sure. Well, I live if, vicariously uh, through Matt we're, on the we're, podcast. We're doing it yeah, we're doing like a a ten year whistle pig. Uh, rye. Mm. It's a rye, yeah, a single barrel rye. Got a lot of spice on it. Really nice on the nose. Um, and this is through one of our buddies at Rock Elite uh, Barrel Pickers out of Rochester. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is it's delicious. Awesome. It's pairing well with this cigar. This cigar is really, really good, man. So I, I love I, a Cameroon wrapper. I was so excited for that. I was like. God, I hope we have enough to do the Cameroon. <laughs> this so, is really good. So Garrett mentioned like the age of these cigars, and man, you can just tell it's not. This is a different cigar. Well, I know they're still got some age on this one. Sure. What's yeah. it? What? Is, what are the specs? These on this? were they uh, rolled in 2016, from my understanding. No, so some of the tobaccos are from 2016. Okay. Um, La Aurora, they have access, and they've got. Um, if you guys ever get to the DR you got to go and do the tour. Um, let me know if you ever make it down. I'll set it up. It's phenomenal. Um, and they literally have access to everything. from And they age their own tobaccos. They have their own farms. And then they also they have um, you know other brokers and farmers that they work with directly. But we went down in March. And our original plan was to come out with one core line cigar, maybe a couple of Vitolas to expand for PCA 23. So Juan, Brandon, Jeff Moss, who is our creative director, and myself uh, were the primaries on the tasting panel. And Manny had you know, a handful of cigars that we had given him some ideas of the direction that we wanted to go in. We know that we wanted to use Anduyo tobacco. And um, I don't know if you saw any of the Anduyo at our booth, but it's this 500-year-old process. I should say it's a process that the Dominicans have been using for 500 years where they tightly wrap tobacco leaves into this long cylinder, wrap it with rope, and it's just water and time. That was that root-looking thing, right? That's right. Yeah. That, so, so there's listen, a, j- just before you dive deeper, I, I'm, I'm just going to cut you off for two seconds. We talked about, yeah, I think man. it was two episodes ago, about the Don Doroteo booth. Yeah. What an incredible little area that was, man. I mean, you had the tobacco leaves going. You you had the... Uh, Planter box. Yeah, I mean... Uh, for just, the salt of the earth. Yeah. I mean, it was, awesome. it was really, really, really cool, man. It was a really, really well done booth, so... Yeah, you... I don't know if you guys... It's, I'm sure you have, obviously. It's your job, your VP of sales, but yeah, like... A couple of uh, like sites named you guys like the best like booth like as far as that stuff like for presentation and all that. Uh, I think it was Half Wheel, yeah. maybe. Yeah, because that was. Wheel. I mean, it was definitely nothing like I've ever seen. You could cut it up. You had pipe tobacco if you wanted. Really, Jerry yeah. got into a little pipe there. They had pipes. He packed it up. Got to smoke that. Uh, I did. What was it? What? Yeah, the, and do you? They, they had like a what was it called? The rum and do you? Oh, yeah. Mama Wana. 
<laughs> no, not the rum. I, yeah, oh. I definitely took a shot of that too. So I, I did that. I, uh, you know, I packed up a pipe. I'm actually a pipe smoker too, so I, I do enjoy, uh, yeah. you know, uh, pipe smoking. Um, some of the tobacco was really that was really good, man. But I gotta say, holy shit, was that strong? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah, was not fine. like uh, you, you know your your aromatic blends. <laughs> I mean, that shit was that shit yeah. was straight like a punch in the mouth, man. So, but it was really yeah, so good Dominicans though. It had a great been, flavor to it. Thank you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just to speak on the booth real quick, that is all Jeff Moss. Um, <clears throat> I was grateful to have been able to go to the show. And this is one of the things too, that that's a learning curve for me is I was able to get to the show <clears throat> a couple days early and make sure that everything was there. And in fact, we didn't have our tobacco plants for the first uh, three quarters of the first day. Um, for two days, we're waiting for it. And USPS is saying it's there. And the, the receivers are saying, no, it's not there. So, um, you know, just one of the things that you got to uh, work through. But uh, Jeff Moss designed that booth, that whole salt of the earth uh, planter box with the, the display. The man is a genius, and it's an honor to work with him. Yeah, I mean, he's clearly doing something right because that was the most unique one there. So that was my first PCA. Jerry had went the year before. Uh, it, I definitely can see like where you're talking on like the media side of things on why that would be there. But well, we'll let you get back in the cigar first. I feel like we keep interrupting and getting on tangents. So let's no, it's that. all good, man. So well, I mean, uh, in March. Yeah, yeah, in, in March. In March, we um, <clears throat> we go down, <clears throat> and we know that we wanted to have Anduyo tobacco in the cigar. And, you know, we're smoking through a couple blends, and we're like, yeah, this is good. You know, this is really good. Um, but I actually got advice from somebody, um, and, you know, I said, what am I looking for when deciding on on a cigar? And he said try not to like it because we want to like cigars, right? We want to enjoy a cigar and that, <clears throat> that in itself can create a problem for putting something out in the market. Now it's a whole different game versus just enjoying a cigar, being able to relax, trusting the manufacturer that it comes from. Now it's about something we're going to put our name on and market. Um, so try not to like the cigar. So the first couple were like, yeah, they're good. I don't think it's it. And then we smoked, uh, number three. And I remember I'm just like three puffs in and Jeff Moss and I look at each other, like what the fuck is happening in my face right now? (laughs) (laughs) Just an experience. Yeah. And remember, so the idea was we were going to launch one, core line cigar and then we were actually going to launch another legacy line another super aged uh old aged cigar so we smoked this one we're like oh my gosh that's fantastic and then manny says well before you decide please smoke this and it was the same exact cigar except it had a cameroon wrapper on it versus the dominican corojo so we didn't want to put that cigar down first of all, but you know, we did a a coffee, a little espresso palate cleanse. We lit up the next cigar 
we're smoking it again, like three, four puffs in Jeff and I look at each other like, what the fuck? <laughs> Dude, that's kind of how I'm feeling right now, man. This, I, uh, we, I have no place that we can get these, uh, you know, obviously right. they're not released yet. And I, I don't know how the market looks up here in Buffalo, New York, but, uh, Dude, these are fucking fantastic, man. I'm, I'm glad I saved it for the show. I Hell think, yeah. I think we I know a too. guy. <laughs> I gotta you say, do know a guy. Uh, perfectly constructed. The, like, the stack of dimes on this thing, man, it held up. You had to just tap that thing hard as hell to get it to fall. Yeah. You could have just, yeah. you probably could have let the ash go all the way to the band. But what about this flavor profile you're getting on this thing, man? It's this is uh, unique. This is very unique, man. This is This is a different kind of cigar, man. This is something. This is special, man. This really is. So, a special give it to cigar. me. What, what What are you guys uh, What are you guys getting out of it? Dude, I mean, so <sighs> one thing we're gonna just tell you in advance. I don't know. We when we in tell our disclosure, pe- we kind of just talk about our cigar reviews for the everyman that doesn't have the most yeah. obvious, like that's totally I, I could cool. say chocolate, coffee, all the normal things of that. Like it boils down to the simplicity of. Is it really fucking good, or is it okay? Should I buy a box? Whatever. I can tell you, uh, going with this rye. So I'm I'm pairing this with a ten year, uh, one hundred and fifteen proof <laughs> rye. I mean, this thing so is hot. what's really. Yes, the rye is very hot, but I will say that brings out this cigar because this cigar it has like a very creamy texture to it. Um, I mean. Kind of an oily stick too. Yeah, uh, my, yeah. it, it kind of mm-hmm. is. You just look at it, you can see like the little oiliness to it on the wrapper, man. This thing is really good, man. I, it, it's almost kind of hard to like. I can't tell you like when guys talk about white pepper and black pepper. Yes, black pepper. We all know black pepper. But what the fuck? I don't cook. I'm I'm not like a cook or anything. I don't really dabble in like you know crazy tasting notes or anything. But I can tell you this thing is damn fucking good. When you smoke this, what do you get on it, Garrett? Maybe your palate's a little more refined than mine. Well, so, and I'm 100% with you guys. The amount of consumers that have a palate that can honestly, um, out of the air, pick out flavors and things like that, that is somebody who's worked really hard, and that is a very small percentage of of consumers. So I I totally respect the, the thumbs up, thumbs down approach. I love it. Respect it. That being said, yeah, the flavors that I get are raisins, um, cinnamon, um, and then this um, at the end. Well, I don't want to ruin it. So at the end of the cigar, there's a, a certain flavor, and we'll talk about it maybe near the end of the show. Yeah, right, cool. Because I, I don't, I yeah, I don't. I yeah. uh, Caleb is our like uh, our show ruiner of tasting notes, especially when it comes to whiskey. <laughs> He's been a lot better, so he'll be like, "Oh, it, you're oh. gonna get notes of this, 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 this," and it's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's definitely what I got." Well, I definitely wouldn't have been able to describe that though. Well, I think Garrett said a little bit of a cinnamon, like spice to it, yeah. and I gotta say, with the rye that we we're drinking, I got a lot of cinnamon spice. So maybe like the rye whiskey is overpowering that part of the cigar for me. Sure, because uh, for me, mm-hmm. I'm getting a little bit of like uh, sandy saltiness with the cigar, but uh, like a hint, yeah. or a kick of mocha, uh, and a kick of mocha. It's really like Jerry said; it is light and creamy. So I love a good Cameroon wrapper. The, the whole thing about like tasting notes on a cigar for me, right? And this is this is kind of important for like Geo said, our like everyday cigar smoker. 
I don't fucking smoke a cigar on a show when I'm having a... I'm more focused on having this conversation with you than I am tasting notes. You know what I mean? So, like, if I'm having a great conversation, I'm not going to take away from the conversation focusing on, you know, notes. If I'm sitting here by myself, maybe I will try and do something like that. But as far as, like, being in a deep, good conversation, I I don't want to sit here and try and think about that stuff. Yeah, no, I totally get it. Um, and I want to say it, it took me a while. So I'm going to challenge you, Jerry. Mm-hmm. I'm going to challenge you to rub your belly and chew gum at the same time, because I believe <laughs> oh, you can geez. do that. Walk a straight line too. I, yep. I believe you can do nine that. Nine step walk and turn. <laughs> and, and it takes, it takes some practice and it, um, but if you, so have you ever sat down with a cigar and a notepad? And just started writing down what you think. So I, I'll be honest. Uh, there are times that I will try and do stuff like that, right? But my mind is always so busy doing other things, and I I feel like I don't I don't want to say I can't do it. But when I'm sitting in my lounge, which is where we all are right now, we're all in different parts of my lounge. Uh, usually, I'm like editing an episode, or you know, catching up on a show at the same exact time as I'm editing an episode, or you know, preparing for an interview that we have coming up, or you know, just taking notes on uh, other things. So I, I guess I really, yep. I've never actually really sat around and gave a cigar the hour and a half to two hours it really deserves, you know, and just sat there and you know, just focused on tasting notes and what I could do, you know, as far as my palate goes. Uh, I just feel like it takes so much focus, and as a person that literally is constantly doing something, especially running a podcast, uh, being in local law enforcement, it, you know, just the, the the worry and problems that come with that, it, it's just so hard for me to just sit down and give the you know my palate the you know the experience it deserves. I guess. No, and I and I totally get all of that. You are talking to the king of ADD. There have been cheers to uh, that very, yeah, there have been, here's uh, to the King, you know, (laughs) few things in life that I can, um, you know, truly focus on. And actually as a, as a 12 year old kid, I found chess was the first thing that I could really focus on, um, with severe ADD, like, um, where I was in special ed and the, and the whole thing for uh, a part of my elementary and junior high school, but um, chess was the first thing that I could hyper-focus on without my brain running crazy. Um, and ever since then, I've found other things that, that I could. So sure. I'm just going to challenge you and, and all of you guys, everybody on the panel and also watching, listening, is take you know uh, a few months and every once in a while, maybe once a week, sit down with a cigar, relax, no screens, no TV, nothing else, just a cigar and a notebook. And just write down what you think. And it was Rocky Patel who encouraged me to do that. The, the second day I, I bought a premium cigar, I met Rocky Patel before he was even that's pretty cool. Rocky. That's before kind of he was a, Rocky. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, that's yeah. kind of a cool story, man. Uh, why don't you tell us about that? Yeah. I mean, I would love to hear that story. So I was uh, working at the very first franchise, Jimmy John's. 
and I was the uh, first manager nice. of that store in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. I'm 19 years old, and six months after we opened, a cigar shop opened up just a few doors down. Manager comes over, and he said, <clears throat> have you ever had a premium cigar? I was like, I smoke grenadiers with my dad hunting and fishing, and he's like, that's not what I'm talking about. And I didn't know what a premium cigar was. I'm 19. And he said, would you trade me a cigar for, or would you trade me a sub for a cigar? Sure. So he gave me a Fuente Hemingway for oh. my very first premium cigar. Right? Like, That's awesome. That's great. Great how, choice. How, how do you beat that, man? <clears throat> I mean, yeah. you're talking I mean, an absolute classic, <clears throat> amazing cigar. What a, what, a, what a fantastic first cigar. Right. So I, I, I went G- home that I, night. I, 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 I Gio has a very similar story to that himself. So Jerry, I didn't sm- start smoking cigar. Was it 2020 or 2021? 20. 2020. 21 for you probably. Yeah. yeah. It was pro- Yeah, it was probably like a couple months after. Yeah. So my very first cigar was finally like I... This no, it shot- was 2020 actually. Yeah, you're right because yep. it was pre-COVID. Yep. So the very first cigar I actually tried, I was like, oh, you know what? This looks cool. And it was a uh, Moistro de Saca, now leave me the hell alone, Lancero. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yeah, let me grab that. (laughs) Yeah, so Gio smoked like a $20 fucking Lancero by Steve Saka as his first cigar. I was like, yeah, this is pretty awesome, guys. (laughs) This is good. You know, what pisses me off is I waited, what, four and a half years for that cigar because I was one of the people that kept poking Saka, saying, please make a Lancero. Please make a Lancero. <laughs> so I was one of the people that was, leave me the hell alone. Uh, That's yeah. actually awesome. The, yeah. the man behind the name. Yeah, right? That's fucking yeah. great. Full circle. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> so after that very first Hemingway, I fell in love. I went back to that cigar shop the very next day, and I said <clears throat> to the owner, Howard, at the time, um, Howard, okay, I'm in, uh, you know, what do I need? And he gets me set up with, um, so before we had like, uh, herfidors, we had these cigar jars, um, that the, the melanin like, jars or whatever. Yeah, old exactly. School. You know, just, yep. yeah, old school. So I got a cigar jar and a, and a, you know, a plethora of different sizes and, uh, flavor profile cigars to, you know, get me on my journey. And I, then I asked, I said, okay, so how do I get, you know, the, you know, the different flavors and really start to enjoy the cigar? And he said, well, actually, you should talk to this guy right here. And so I said, okay. Uh, and he says, uh, um, he says, you're in a very unique position. Many people don't start doing this this early, but if you do, it could be pretty beneficial for you right away. And he said, get a notebook and take the band off and just write the things that come to your mind. And he said, one of the, the tobaccos for me that I taste, it reminds me of my mom's basement or my grandmother's basement. Oh, and he said, and of course it doesn't taste like a basement, but <laughs> it's just, he said, our memories are so attached to flavors and yeah. senses that that's what it brings out. He says, write all that shit down. Right. And that guy was Rocky Patel. And, um, you know, I, I think, he is um, obviously a, 
now somebody that is part of my origin story because without that piece, I don't know that I would have um, really enjoyed premium cigars to the level that it, it grew to. That is a legendary first meetup. And is that what got you into the whole uh, cigar game where you went to podcasting, broker? Mm. No, that wasn't how you got into it a lot like that? So, I mean, this was 1997. Oh, this was pre-high-speed like high speed internet. <laughs> <laughs> you were still have that AOL Instant Messenger shit. <laughs> we did, Maybe. yes. Um, so I, I was a... For the next 10 years, I was a, uh, for the most part, a solo consumer. Um, There's a few friends that I would get together, but I didn't get into the cigar culture until like 2016, 2000, well, no, maybe 2015. Jerry, when did we meet? We met, uh, 14. What's that? 14 other oh, jerry other other oh jeez yeah, well, i was like uh yeah we met like not uh, you jerry <laughs> three weeks ago <laughs> no my buddy jerry uh so jerry and i met around the time where i was really starting to first get into the cigar culture um there was a fantastic local group here in the twin cities called minnesota herf connection or um it, it was super active at the time it's since um, dwindled pretty, pretty good, but, um, uh, that's where it really started to grow and pick up. And I fell in love then with not only cigars more, but the culture. And, uh, once you meet the culture of cigars, you're not getting out. So it's really funny. You bring up the culture of cigars and uh, like how once you get you know, pulled into it. You're not going anywhere. Uh, I remember sitting on my back deck during COVID and I had nothing to do. Uh, I, I was just so fucking bored. Um, you know, I would smoke a cigar once in a while with my buddies. Uh, you know, I, I think I had my first cigar in 2016 during the Super Bowl when uh, it was the Panthers versus the Broncos. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you you get... You get into the the rabbit hole that is cigars, and it's pretty unbelievable uh, the amount of knowledge and, and stuff. I mean, you, you can never know everything about cigars. You can never know everything about the industry. As much as you think you can, you can't. But anyways, to get into a, a little bit of the, the, the culture you're talking about, right? So the whole thing with cigars for me was like I always would chase like that you know, that number one cigar. Why is that the number one cigar of the year? You know, who makes that cigar? You know, uh, being like a, you know, a younger, a younger cigar smoker, uh, you know, I feel like we tend to go a little deeper than just picking up a cigar off the shelf and smoking it. You know, I want to know where it's coming from. I, I, I want to know everything there is to know about like the factory it came from, all the information about, you know, the, the blender, you know, what blend is it? You know, is this a, in, in the instance of this Dondor tail that we're smoking right now, uh, is it a Cameroon? Is it, uh, you know, a Nicaraguan cigar? Is it Dominican? Is it Honduran? Um, it's it just unbelievable. And then during your journey through learning all this stuff, you run into all these amazing people in the industry while you're doing your research and you, you know, you read about a name and then you go even deeper. You get drunk in your garage one night with your buddies and you decide to start a cigar podcast 
now everybody you've read about in the past, now you're meeting all these people in person. And it's just really crazy how, you know, in three years, you know, I went from like, all right, I'll smoke like a cigar or two a year to I smoke three cigars a day. And (laughs) now I run a podcast and exclusively smoke cigars. And, you know, all my friends identify me as like the cigar cop. Or the whiskey cop, like when people want to, you know, have that special cigar for an occasion, you know, like, here's what I'm looking for. Here's my budget. You got any suggestions for me? And it's just, you know, I don't want to get long winded here, but it's just like you said, man, that cigar culture gets you, man. And and there's no getting out of it. It's just an amazing thing. And, you know, unless you're part of it, you really you cannot fully understand what it's like to be a part of this culture. So I get that. 100 percent. 100 percent. So it's just so weird how that, you know, that love of just sitting down for an hour and a half turns into like this, you know, this $20,000 investment in equipment and then taking trips to Las Vegas to to hang out with all the guys that blend this stuff to try all the new things that are coming out and, you know, to try all these new companies like, you know, Don Doroteo last year. I know Freud was a new one last year. Uh, like, you know, you, you find out about these and, you know, you're, you're so intrigued and you want to know everything there is to know about the industry. There's just, there's just too much to know, but if you love it enough and you get invested enough, like obviously you have, you know, when you were, you just working at the the first franchise, Jimmy John's, <laughs> like it just, it happens like that, man. And it just, it doesn't let go of you, man. It does not let go. No, it doesn't. Not at What all. a funny thing that. You got your start in Minnesota, like so many like essential, like Boveda, Minnesota company. Mm-hmm. Just very, very funny that like how random that there's always a big connection to some form of cigar somewhere. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, the Boveda guys are like a second family to me. Um, uh, it, it's great having them in town. Um you know, for the last, I don't know, four or five years, uh, especially Nate Beck, uh, he and I have gotten really close and, um, um, you know, go over to Boveda, hand out some cigars, sit down and, uh, and just smoke. It, that's a real honor. There's very few things that outside of Miami and um, or really outside of, you know, Florida where, there's so many industry people that you can go to, you know, XYZ lounge and run into any one of, uh, you know, uh, a big industry person. Right. Um, so it's, it's a treat to be able to just go down the street and hang out with the guys from Boveda. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty uh, nice little setup there. Now to go back to the cigar here uh, now, just really quickly, so ever once this comes out, you want to just give a breakdown of, you know, blend Vitola, the, you know, boring stuff, so to speak here that everyone likes to hear though. Yeah. Every, everybody loves to hear it. it uh, you know, you know, everybody but nobody loves, likes to talk about it. Yeah. No, no one wants to listen. I, I don't know how your pod, like the, the whole podcast ran with you guys, man, but some guys, they really, they love to listen to a guy talk about a cigar for an hour and a half. And I just, I, I, oh, I they can't nerd out. and I, I just don't. Yeah, they hey, geek listen, out, man. I I get it. I can't talk about flavor notes for an hour and a half, man. That's why I love doing like interviews about companies and like you smoke different shit and just you know get your get your message out, man. You know I can't sit here and talk about a cigar for an hour and a half. 
it's great to be able to have these conversations along with it. Yeah. So the, the filler, uh, the binder and filler are the same on our two different, um, salt of the earth lines. Um, or I have the other one here so, just sealed up here so people can see the differences. This one, yep. what the Cameroon has the blue wrapper typically. All right. Right. That yep. is it normally. Um, All right. The Cameroon, yep, is the darker green, blue. Um, and then the Piedra Angular or Cornerstone is, um, so that is a Corojo from Dominican. And the binder on both of these are Nicaraguan. The filler is a absolute, uh, it, it, it's like, the KFC 13 special spices. Or <laughs> all right. All right. I like it. So the, the filler the is, sauce. uh, but at first we were not going to, we weren't going to give the, the details. And then we decided to just kind of go away from that. So here are the deets. Um, we've got Nicaraguan, Lajero, Candega, Corojo from Dominican, Criollo 98, uh, Nicaraguan Viso, um, and then it is a 5% vein of that Enduyo tobacco. That's something new that we've never done before on the show, so very interesting. I mean, what, a, what a blend. Yeah, I don't know if, I mean, are you guys the only ones that have that Enduyo tobacco? Because I've never heard of it before I went to Don Doroteo mm-hmm. at PCA. Same. So, and we are not the only ones. Um, okay. Uh, La Aurora is they're the oh, ones well, that, would that make sense. Um, they're the ones that have the process down. I think the best, and we are absolutely honored and grateful to be able to utilize this, um, this this type of tobacco that is so near and dear to so many Dominicans. It really shows the heart of uh, the Dominican tobacco industry. Um. But there are factories in um, Honduras that are doing it as well. Um, it, it's a bit of a different flavor profile, um, but nobody is showcasing it like we want to showcase it. Nobody is really bringing it out as a um, as the um, baseline you know, flavor profile of the cigar. And we feel like the the blend and the balance of the cigar really makes that Enduyo sing, and it pairs very well with all the other varietals in that cigar. Yeah, I mean, what's crazy is you said it's only 5%, but it is a, you, like, I, I've smoked a very, you know, large variety of different blends, wrappers, same with Jerry, and this is a different taste. Like that's, I think mm-hmm. it's, we can agree here. Like there's not many cigars that have a super unique, that standout flavor. Is this like a full body cigar? It is a, is this like so a medium the, to full? Here's the difference between, um, you know, full flavor versus full body. The, the cigar is really a, medium medium full and duyo is actually very nicotine heavy so 
but the flavor profile is a medium plus tops. But so, by the end of it, if you are a bit of a lightweight and it's okay to admit it, I am. Um, it can all of a sudden punch you in the face. So that's um, what happened to me right. when I was pipe smoking it. <laughs> I was sitting there. I was trying to enjoy the fucking, uh, you know, the booth. And I was talking to, I think it was it Juan. Yeah, probably um, Juan. He's a yeah, younger the, guy, right? The taller with yep. the glasses. Yeah, so it was Juan and then Josephine, I think, was her name. And I was sitting there smoking the pipe. I was hanging out. We were just drinking that rum, and I was, like, having a great time. And then I was like, holy shit, man. I'm getting pretty <laughs> fucked up over here, man. I need to uh, I need to take a break. <laughs> I yeah. need, like, uh, that's, I think we went to have lunch right after that. So <laughs> That's exactly what we did. Yep. So, Garrett, is that what you're talking about, that little... Uh, punch that this cigar might give you is that like that little flavor change we might expect towards the end of this cigar no the anduyo Mm -hmm. is the it's a tobacco that they use okay i wasn't sure if that would uh, go with like the flavor change there something that might hit us towards the end of the cigar so that's why i was just asking caleb is absolutely by far our novice smoker so he's being prepared to melt yeah yeah Yeah. but um his expertise i wouldn't say expertise but he knows (laughs) a lot about the whiskey game and you know obviously we pair so much stuff with uh different whiskeys so pretty mid whiskey yeah. guy yeah mid yeah you're mid, mid to over. above average yeah extremely average <laughs> <laughs> well there's so many parallels in in the spirits game to cigars right there's all these boutique distilleries that are popping up and um if you find yourself a nerd of you know whatever art form you dig in and you want to find those boutique brands, whether it's spirits or cigars. And I, I love the different parallels of, of those two industries. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely fun to blend those two. Like we all, like we had, uh, the co-founder and master distiller, uh, from smoke wagon on our last episode. And it was really cool to talk to him because he's also a big cigar guy. And he's a, he's like, I picked up cigars within the last decade. So he can actually like, uh, describe some of the finer points of cigars too. So it's very nice to be able to talk to people that know both. Yeah. Cause well, we might know one or the other and it just, it's a bit, like I said, the culture that has taken us down this weird rabbit hole of getting to have these cool conversations with interesting people. It's awesome. Yeah. It so, is kind of weird you bring up, uh, like, d- dude, Gio and I, I feel like we can't even have, like, a normal conversation anymore. Somehow cigars or whiskey or the podcast get brought up. Uh, I don't know if you have the same relationship with your, your buddies that you uh, did the podcast with, but it's just oh, yeah. crazy how, like, your normal, like, so what's up, man? How you been, man? Or, you know, it just turns into, like, all right, so what the fuck are we doing for the next episode? Are we having somebody on? Like, what the fuck are we doing? Like... It just all becomes this constant weekly cycle of what the fuck are we doing on the next episode? Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, I hang out with Matt um, <laughs> outside of the podcast quite a bit, and um, you know, it's funny. Uh, we do this uh, cigar and Bible study night on on Wednesdays, and okay. um, after. Uh, last Wednesday, we stood outside uh, in the driveway just talking about our next guests and everything that we're going to be doing. And I think 
it's about the time that we have in life. You know, um, there's just so little time and those opportunities to really talk, you know, I don't want to say business necessarily because we enjoy the shit out of the podcast. Um, and I am, the podcast is really what brought me into the cigar industry um, from a business standpoint. So um, I'm forever grateful for uh, Matt and, and the podcast. But no, to, to your point, absolutely. Uh, things come full circle. So I have a weird question. Uh, this is probably not like a normal question about a guy that runs a podcast or who has run a podcast. Do you ever find yourself arguing with your buddies? It's a good, fair question. No, I swear yeah, to God, because I feel like question. sometimes we we argue all the fucking time. Like sometimes I wish we didn't start the podcast <laughs> because we had like normal friendships. Now it's all about the podcast. <laughs> So I, I know it's weird to bring it up, but like I feel like sometimes we don't no. we do we not argue We're sometimes? Like, God damn it! Or, like I don't we get in a stu- talk about it right now. Yeah, we get into <laughs> stupid fights, and it's like it, it's all about like content and like, like you know who did girls. what. Yeah, kinda. Sometimes yeah. teenage girl cat fights. Did you guys ever get into like arguments and stuff? Um, I, yeah. I mean, we we've we've done our share of uh, creative disagreements. Um. You know, for us Midwesterners, we're pretty reserved, um, and we tend to avoid conflict at all cost. Okay. Um, and, but we we have had our share of of battles. But I want to say it's been a good, you know, two and a half, three years since we've had any kind of serious disagreement. Because um, number one. Um, I realize that how about that cigar is really Matt's baby. So that takes a lot off of my plate for vision and uh, creative direction and all of that. Now I know I can just bring ideas and um, I can advocate strongly for them. Um, And typically they fly, you know, Um, but um, yeah, it's been it's been a while because now it's just this machine that keeps um, keeps rolling and keeps growing, and we've got a good secret sauce that we just uh, we're in a good rhythm, and uh, you guys will get there. You yeah, get there. I mean, I f- I feel like for us, like before, it was more free form when we were doing it on our own time. Like, ah, we didn't get to do an mm-hmm. episode this week. No big deal. We'll go back next week. You know, we had shit going on. Then it's, uh, oh, hey, um, Mikey from Cigar Hustler. Yeah, we want to have you on our network. We need one every Wednesday. And we're like, fuck, (laughs) this is awesome. But now we had to be more organized. So it's that, like, finding that rhythm and, like, after a year of just figuring out that uh, adjustment period. Sure. Um, I forgot to tell you guys something. Oh boy. Um, so the new salt of the earth cigar, the next time you guys go to smoke it, do a cold draw. And if you're not familiar with a cold draw, it's before the cigar is lit, you just taste the flavors of the cigar as you draw through it without it 
being lit. This cigar has the most unbelievable cold draw I've ever tasted. I know I'm biased, but please do your due diligence. And next time you try it, do a cold draw. It's incredible. So you, I don't want to, I, I don't, th- I don't think you're biased at all, man. I, I mean, I, you, you did mention that you went and you guys started at Don Doroteo or, or Don Dorito, as you called it at that time. <laughs> Uh, you started there last year at the PCA, and I mean, obviously there was something intriguing about it. So I, I would assume that the tobaccos that they're using uh, definitely give that kind of an experience on the cold draw. So I, I don't think that's bias at all, man. I think that that that's just something like an experience that you had, and you know that there's nothing bias about that. That's an experience, man. I yeah. I do have some notes on my cold draw because I. I did one. Caleb is literally oh, the only one Caleb's that actually the only did. one that did it. That's fucking great. So, um, you know, on my cold draw, I got like a little bit of salt and sand. And I want to ask now, is that why it's kind of called like the salt of the earth? Because there's a bit of a salty mm. taste. Or is that just me who's picking it up? Being a cigar <laughs> newbie. You are. No, the Anduyo um, gives both salty and sweet. Um, flavors to it. Um, typically, you're not going to get your salt until you're midway through it when it's smoking. On a pre-draw or on a cold draw, I haven't hit that salt, but if you can pick that out, that's that's awesome because it's there. Um, and Duyo has the salty property to it, sweet and salty. So these guys, solid. these guys were looking at me like I was crazy. Okay, to be fair, and, and I'm just throwing this out there, Garrett. Uh, Caleb once described the uh, the cigar as, uh, it tastes like tobacco. So we, we, we get a little nervous every time he talks. <laughs> that was like episode two. <laughs> yeah. It just it, it tastes like tobacco leaves. That's exactly what you're putting in your mouth. I get it. You know, you know what? Uh, when I have to describe a cigar as tasting like tobacco... Typically, that's a very average cigar because I totally get it. Um, It's one of two things for me. Um, When I taste it, it's an average cigar. When I hear it from other people, I I feel like either A, it's an average cigar or their palate isn't refined enough to really start picking out nuance, which, again, is a huge majority of cigar smokers. Well, well, that makes a lot of sense when you say it like that. You're either like a newbie or you just don't have the palate for it. I agree. That makes a lot of sense because, again, <laughs> like when I did say that, it was like very early on in yeah. our show's beginning, like episode two or three. It was it was very early. I I try to do a cold draw just to get a flavor profile or just something so our listeners can be like, oh, maybe I'll start trying to do a cold draw, see what I can pick up, see if it's different or it compares. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, see, the fucked up part is, is like, we're like, eh, yeah, let's just get into it here. Like, Caleb's the one who's like, oh, maybe I need to learn a little bit more. Yeah, some we can learn something from Caleb here by being the uh, more studious of the bunch. How about how about retrohaling? That I have actually just recently started to do. Uh, retrohaling is a little bit tougher for me just because, like, I have a terrible sense of smell. Like, I'm always very stuffy. Uh, Jerry probably retrohales the most. I just cannot do it. I cannot retrohale. Doesn't work well with me. Get you all sneezy and stuff. No, I just can't do it right. I guess I don't know how to 
properly do a retrohale. Bro, didn't you used to smoke a lot of weed back in the day? Like, how can't you retrohale? Never. Can you, <laughs> I didn't can touch, you French I didn't inhale? I touch the devil's lot. I don't even know what that is. It's when you blow through your uh, nose, bud. No, I can't do that. Not at all. No, a French inhale is when you uh, blow it out oh, your no, mouth and suck it in through your nose. No, I um, can't do that. So a what retro yeah, yeah. is if you want to – it's like putting whiskey in a, in a snifter glass. The way that those are designed to bring out um, the, uh, the essence of the whiskey – uh, a retro hail is that for cigars. Um, and I would encourage, and I have such a delicate and sensitive palate or uh, sensitive sinus that retro hailing burns me on even medium cigars at times. So with our cigars, I'm typically only retroing the first third at most um, before it. Totally so that's all I but, drink out of is a yeah like a Glencairn. Yep, Glencairn gas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are designed for that purpose. Um, yeah. So I actually feel like my experience in drinking has changed significantly, um, especially with whiskey, because I drink out of a Glencairn almost exclusively now. I used to just be like your typical rocks glass with a little ice cube, and then you know just through the years and, and, and learning how to appreciate, you know, whiskey and the, the different, you know, flavor profiles that uh, distillers are going to, you know, try and put out there. Uh, the Glen Karen is a game, absolute game changer for, for that exact reason. Um, I want to, I want to, I want to give Caleb a little, <clears throat> a little uh, lesson on how to retro. So, all right, we'll, we'll wait for. Hold on one we'll second, for, Caleb. When Caleb he gets about to back, pop back we'll, in here. I'll let, he's here. Yeah, he's, he's popping here. in. We'll get the headphones. He's gonna in. give okay. you a lesson on. You're retro about to get schooled, blood. doggy. All right, like how to do it? A 101. Yep. Mm. Retro yes. hail 101. Oh man. All right, all right. Maybe I could learn how to do it. Yeah. Everybody can. Okay. So grab your cigar, and. All right. This um, is gonna be great. So just do a regular draw first. Okay, now now watch what I do is I draw the cigar into my mouth and I blow you're gonna blow out about 90% to start. Okay, you're gonna blow out 90% of your mouth through your mouth. Then close your mouth and start to exhale through your nose. And then just blow the <laughs> the spice got him. That's the rest Trust of the bud. I knew you were not going to be able to do that. I got to try it again, but um, I'll try it again. Yeah, bro. It, it took me. It's taken me years to even be able to get because I. I'm guessing you're a lot like me. You have a very sensitive sinus. I do too. Um, I was telling these guys when you were away. I can only retro maybe a third of a medium cigar. So you'll start by blowing out ninety percent, and then. <laughs> Yo, you just killed him, Garrett. You just fucking. I almost him. puked. <laughs> All right, no. You guys right. want to hear a great story? Said on your own yeah. time. Want to hear a great yeah. story? Let's hear it. Of course I sure. do. <laughs> so there was um, <laughs> this <fucking> guy. <laughs> uh, a couple of years ago, we lost a, a great friend who um, was a cigar 
um, Cigar Lover was in the, our, our group of uh, cigar friends and uh, lived in Indiana. And we, we were going, we were in Indiana for his funeral. And we all brought, you know, king shit cigars to smoke in his honor, right? And my buddy Todd had rented this Tahoe. And <laughs> friend Joe Guzman is in the back. Matt Ty is sitting right behind me. I'm in the uh, shotgun. And Joe is like, you guys, this, uh, I think, I want to say it was like a 1999 um, My Father. Uh, or maybe like 2005. 2005 My Father, right? Super old My Father. He's like... The cigar is fucking blowing my mind, right? And passes it around, and we're all, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's crazy. And and then Matt was like, that retro hail though. And everyone's like, yeah, the retro is crazy. And this is before I really started working on my retro hailing. And so I was like, I, I didn't retro. And Joe was like, you got to try the retro. I was like, but I suck at in it. He's like, trust me, just try it, right? So I go and I take this big. And I go to retro and like I choke and then I swallow the smoke. Mm-hmm. Oh, I started gagging so hard and I'm like doing the big, <laughs> all of the guys in the, they're laughing their asses off and they're like, Garrett, uh, uh. they're making the puking noises. I rolled oh, down yeah. my window. Luckily Matt rolled up his window cause we're going down the highway I fucking just puke all along the side of this Tahoe. And oh, Jesus, I had eaten no. like three cobs of corn oh, right before God. this. And there is a great picture of just this spackling of corn <laughs> along the side of this Tahoe. Oh, Jesus. That's so, amazing. Uh, well, I'm glad I didn't puke on the podcast. Right. You've done that You're once. You're doing better than I yeah. did. Yeah, the uh, Caleb I think has puked once and uh, twice. Once, you didn't puke on the one chip. Oh yeah, no, I did. Oh, puke. Yeah. I, I did yeah, puke Caleb, twice on the Caleb is uh, puked twice on the show. The puker so, of the show. Yeah, he is our uh, our resident puker. Um, Almost three times. Funny enough, right after I puked, we were headed back to our Airbnb where I did the one chip challenge. <laughs> Come on, yeah. How- how did you handle that? Because I did it like a month and a half ago, and uh, it wasn't so bad the day of. I think it was a lot worse the day after. So <laughs> I'm, I'm a rare breed. I eat um, a Carolina Reaper or a Ghost Pepper. Oh, um, I do spice challenges um, quite frequently. Okay. He does one a day. That's how advanced. Not one a day. <laughs> I, frequently, I, I do. Caleb. Jesus. Yeah. What do you think the worst challenge I, you've done is? Uh, the uh, the nut challenge. Oh, I've seen there's that this, actually. There's the spicy nut challenge. It's fucking. <laughs> That's right up Caleb's alley. <laughs> it made me giggle. <laughs> I'm immature. That one was. That one was the hardest one. Uh, that or the uh, Satan's Toe Sucker. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, we've heard of that. We've seen that one. Yeah. There was the Gummy Bear. 
first off, by the, the way, gummy bear you, was okay. Uh, is that Satan's the sour gummy bear sucked. or the hot gummy bear? Hot gummy bear. The hot gummy bear. Do, do you know there's like a sour challenge too? Like the sourest, what is it, a gummy? I haven't done yeah. any of those. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I don't know about that. It seems See, pretty wild. So, for the record, if you do these challenges and they're not like regularly at like Seven Eleven where they're eight dollars, that chip was like thirty fucking dollars to get that. So I, mm-hmm. granted, C- Caleb volunteered to do it. I'm like, fuck it, I'll spend the thirty bucks. This, I paid thirty dollars to watch Caleb eat a, a spicy chip and have a meltdown. <laughs> I think I think Gio enjoyed it a little too much. I was like, yes. Yeah, Gio was kind of like, he really got into it. He was, really loved it. Gio really loved it. Jerry's like feeling bad. I started like, feeling bad. bad. Gio was like, laughing like, you stupid fuck. <laughs> I'm like, he's never going to do anything ever again. And uh, Caleb was so concerned about the cheap laugh. But I think it was really, uh, it was kind of a good moment. Caleb, I learned Caleb is absolutely down for the show. So sometimes you got to do something a little crazy. Well, like uh, two years ago, Camacho, when they launched uh, one of their lines, they sent out a grill pack and a dried scorpion. uh, Oh, scorpion. Scorpion pepper sucks. No, no, just a a dried actual bug scorpion. Oh, shoot. And so I ate that. Um, live on, uh, dude, you're an animal, man. Dude, that's all right. You're an animal, man. Would you eat a scorpion, Caleb? Um, if it was cooked properly, I guess, or warmed up. It's it's like an exoskeleton, dude. I'm sure it was very crunchy. It was super crunchy, and actually, the the tail tastes like peanut butter. No lie. Gio's giving me a crazy look like he wants me to do it, but I would like I would probably do it. <laughs> I trust notes, you, Garrett. Scorpion. <laughs> no, dude, it's not bad at all. And the rest of it, it's earthy and you know, but it doesn't taste bad. And if people would just get like bugs, gross stuff out of their heads, it's fine. Well, okay. Uh cue the Joe Rogan. Fear is obviously not a factor for you. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. Yeah, not for Garrett at all. This man's like a beast. He's unstoppable in the game of challenges. He yeah. took like three retro hails and ate a scorpion. He's a god. <laughs> <laughs> then he did the one chip challenge. <laughs> Fucking Caleb. Dude, Garrett, I got another question for you about like yeah. the cigar and just the region of like La Aurora. Um, what makes that region in the Dominican so special and like well, what is so great about it? Lyra is in the factory. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just talking about yeah. like in the region that it's grown in the Dominican. Like, what makes that factory, that region, and all like the tobacco plants there so special and so unique? So, is it Santiago, just like the climate? Yeah, it has a lot to do with the climate. Um, La Aurora is the oldest um, tobacco factory outside of Cuba. Um. So J.C. Newman would be the next one that's in Florida. Um, and uh, the, the quality of cigars that started coming out of the Dominican, they are the ones that really set the bar for people like uh, Fuente and Davidoff and um, <clears throat> so many others to come to the Dominican and start producing and making cigars. Um, the climate is, is great for curing barns, um, and the, the tobacco there, 
I mean, there's no question at this point that it's uh, some of the best in the world, if not the best, depending on, you know, who you talk to or where your profile hits. Um, and when you go down and, and, and it was amazing when um, the family, we had this celebration one night. And to see this entire community come together and celebrate all around Dominican tobacco, like, that's phenomenal. Um, so much different than your, you know, like a, a event like Pro Cigar or Pure Sabor in Nicaragua. When you get to be in this intimate uh, community and family setting and see the passion and love that these people have for not only their country, but what they're producing. It's just love, man. It's, it's fantastic. So, um, yeah, La Aurora just has amazing access to tobaccos and, um, they have, a, an amazing factory that is wonderful. And, and you guys at the show, their new booth that they set up, I thought was gorgeous. It was fantastic. That same motif, um, uh, the design of their booth this year was taken after their factory. So when you go to the factory, you'll be like, yeah, that's, that's the booth. So when I first started smoking cigars, actually, uh, I was really put on to uh, the La Aurora Ruby in the Tubo. Such a great cigar, the the Perfecto. Uh, that was uh, one of the cigars that you know. I, I think I still have a a few of those laying around. In one yeah, of and La Aurora is going to go. You know, they're going through some changes right now because they had uh, so Miami Cigar was doing their importation and their sales force into the United States. Um, January of this last year. Um, uh, they they separated amicable. It, this was two years in the in the running, and so now La Aurora has their own sales force that they're getting out there. So we're going to see a lot of um, hopefully great new changes and um, uh, new uh, new offerings and things from La Aurora that have kind of been forgotten by a lot of consumers. But we can't forget they are the ones that have been doing the longest in the Dominican, and they're putting out phenomenal products. Yeah, I mean, I'm never one. So obviously, like, I feel like we're going to talk to about similar the progression from cigars and like spirits. It's like you start drinking beer, you start with like a Bud Light or a Keystone or something like that when you're you know, you're young, and then you eventually move to these craft beers. I'm in that stage of my cigar smoking, but I'll never shit on a legacy brand because if it wasn't those for those legacy brands, we wouldn't have these. Yep. And they are kind enough to share their product. You know, they have their stuff, but you know, they're still building through it. Like there's so many that have came through and uh, expanded the playground for everybody. It's funny you mentioned that, Gio, because you really do always, uh, you know, pay homage to the legacy brands uh, you you oh you always talk about the legacy brands where like there's so much craft boutique stuff out there now uh you know and all these new companies but you know it's funny you really never stray away from those legacy brands you really always pay that homage well the thing is is so 
no one needs to sell a Arturo Fuente cigar, a, uh, my father, these, you know, Padrones, these names like that. They, they sell themselves. They've been doing it long enough. They've mastered yep. the craft. You know, when you're highlighting a Don Doroteo or um, a Freud, things like that, these brands are what exposes the masses. Uh, like, Crown Heads was one in the last year that I've really been put on here. Like, if it wasn't for Tatuaje, I don't know if I've ever gotten down the rabbit hole of cigars because we saw that someone told us that a certain cigar was unobtainable, and then we went down that calling random stores all across the goddamn country to see if they had them from laying around in backstock. And sure as shit, you find them. Yeah. But that that's the one thing that is, uh, oh, you can't find Fuck you, I can't. <laughs> yeah. And La Aurora's that's a legacy brand that we haven't hit on yet in the in our show's history, so it's great to finally have one and get into that right now. Yeah. So I'm glad you could talk about that with us right now. It's awesome. Yeah, it's my honor. Yep. And I do have another question. So um with your brand, can you tell us what sets you guys apart from everyone else in the industry and why our viewers and anyone out there should uh, smoke your brand? Well, I appreciate the question. Uh, there's a few things. One, um, the things that set, we we feel like we have offerings in in the cigar industry that nobody else has. Nobody else has a 15 year old cigar like it was rolled 15 years ago. There's people that have aged tobaccos and that have been aged, you know, three, five, even seven years, but nothing in that 10 plus real category um, that we know of. Um, and then with our salt of the earth line, nobody is highlighting the Anduyo like we're highlighting that we're making sing. We're making the star of the show. And um, it all comes back to honoring a, you know, time tested and, um, you know, honored tradition of uh, good Dominican tobacco with one of the oldest factories to, to do it. So we've got something special. I mean, it speaks for itself. I, like I said, I've smoked a lot of cigars and this stands out incompletely, or I'm sorry, completely in terms of flavor. I, I'm not advanced enough to describe what, but I, when something's different, you know, it's different. Uh, uh, what's the way I'm looking to phrase this? So, and like, ironically, I remember like talking to Jerry because you know you've probably went through this when you're going to PCA, you're going through your notes, you're trying to figure out. Oh yeah, this sounds pretty cool. I was like, I ain't never heard of this shit, but all right, let's go find that salt of the earth. I want that cigar. I want to try it. Yeah. And I was like, Jerry, we got to go there. And sure as shit, we made our way. And it I- was on Geo's notes, so we uh, we made sure. And it's uh, it was really ironic that you actually had already known the guys we were with you know all the dudes at cigar hustler um so i i mean it made the meeting you very easy and you know obviously we wanted to have you on the show and then of course it turns out you ran your own podcast and i'm like that's that's like my neck of the woods and i i just i appreciate anybody that does media and runs a little podcast show that highlights these companies and and all this new stuff because i i can tell you from the bottom of my heart i completely understand how much time and how much effort it really takes to to do this kind of stuff man so 
uh, being able to share this experience and, uh, you know, smoke the cigar for the first time. And I didn't smoke anything from Don Dorteo. These are the ones from PCA. I knew that we wanted to have you on the show. So this was, uh, you know, this just all worked out perfectly, man. And I really appreciate everything you're doing for the industry, everything that you're doing with Don Dorteo to highlight it. And congratulations on the promotion, man. And uh, I guess welcome to the real ind- industry side of things, huh? Right. Well, I appreciate that. And we appreciate the, um, you know, the platform um, to be able to tell the story and reach new audiences. And uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm grateful. But getting to the end of the show, man, is there anything you want, uh, you know, Cigar Hustler Network to know or, you know, any of our listeners uh, of the Down to Herf podcast? Is there anybody or anything that you want to highlight and just, you know, touch on before we, uh, you know, we, we start closing things out? Uh, so CigarHustler.com will have our cigars. So <clears throat> you can go to DonDorateo.com to find a retailer near you. And if you don't have one near you, uh, check out Cigar Hustler. Um, cigars um, should be shipping. Um, we're hoping by first week, second week, September. Perfect. For the new salt of the earth. But for our 15-year-old cigar, you can go to CigarHustler.com right now and uh, pick up pick up some. Now, uh, refresh my memory for whatever reason. I'm drawing a blank on the name of that 15-year-old one. El Legado. El Legado. So... El Legato is the right now the only core line brand you guys have. Five different Vitolas. Salt of the Earth coming very, very soon. Uh, September, October, fall 2023. Now, so El Legato is not a core line, just to, oh, just to be clear. We oh. only have about uh, 15,000 cigars left, and when they're gone, they're gone. Yeah, Gio. It's not like 15-year tobacco is easy to get, bud. Got to put some <laughs> respect on that name. <laughs> respect uh, yeah hey, there you go <laughs> okay and now as far as that uh now is that the only line that what is the actual core lines for don doroteo so they want to get the regular salt of the uh, earth is going okay, to be our core earth. line yep oh, oh fuck. Geez, wow. yeah this thing's gonna be a core this is gonna be a core line product damn yes this is a banger man this Dude, is this a banger is agreed agreed yeah. Thing is box worthy. Well, yeah, you'll see when we get to the ratings <laughs> for sure. I awesome. am a very big fan of that. Like, thank you guys. But uh, that We're being said, Garrett, <clears throat> you have every right to be. They put out an amazing product in this, and I'm really enjoying it. Is there thank anything you. you want to shout out before we, uh, you know, close things out? Um. <clears throat> I mean, just the the wonderful team that we have at Don Doroteo that are committed to doing all the right things. Um, I wouldn't have come to the team if it wasn't for uh, Juan and Brandon and Jeff. And then, you know, our great salespeople, um, you know, Josie that handles the West Coast, Justin who handles the the East Coast. Uh, You can follow all them on Instagram. It's uh, Whiskey Girl Josie um, on Instagram and then Justin Neat on Instagram. Um, he does a lot of, uh, both cigar and whiskey pairings as well. Um, and, uh, if you want to follow me, it's, uh, Robinson underscore Garrett. Um, and, uh, Dondorateo.com for any information. Perfect, man. Well, Hey man, we appreciated having you on and, uh, 
yeah, man, this is a fantastic cigar. I'm looking forward to the the part where we get to review it and and uh, you know give our thoughts on it. But thanks for joining Thank us so tonight, man, and we really appreciated it, and it was awesome having you, man. Looking forward Thank to the future of Don Doroteo, and uh, I- I'm glad that we made this relationship, man. Uh, if I have any questions mm-hmm. about anything in the future, I'll just make sure I reach out, man. This is uh, it's been really cool, man. Yeah, thank appreciate you, you brother. very much. Appreciate you guys. Absolutely. Caleb, anything you want to say? Adios, and uh, nice meeting you via webcam. So look forward Absolutely. to meeting again one day in the future. Yes, sir. Supposedly he's Indeed. coming to the next PCA in March here. You know. Supposedly. I'll be there. Yeah. Put some respect on <laughs> it. He's got to meet there. the Cigar Hustler weight limit first. <laughs> Give me some of that gear, buddy. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll meet you in person. Thanks Go. for coming on, Garrett. Garrett, good good talking to you, man. Enjoy your night. Thanks, guys. You as well. See you, buddy. See you, brother. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Is it uh, cigar review time, fellas? I would assume it's uh, that time, buddy. All right. I'll, I can start things off, man. As, as usual. All right. So appearance, man. This thing with the band and everything, giving it a 10. Uh, stellar. When you guys first gave it to me. Awesome. I could tell this is one we're going to save for the show, and it would be a must-smoke. So, gave it a 10 on the appearance. Uh, Burn, gave it a 9. Uh, no issues. Didn't light it up or touch it up more than once, so all, always good. Construction, 9.5. This thing, Jesus Christ, man. Built like a tank. Nice stack of dimes on here. Awesome. Uh, draw, I went with a straight cut. Gave it a 9. No issues with that at all either. This is definitely one I would not be cut, just because of just the size of it. Uh, enjoyment gave it a nine as well so uh overall score for me 93 um i will put as an additional note uh started giving me a little bit of a punch uh at the bottom third of there so it was uh turning to a more heavier cigar for me i don't know maybe it's just what i ate the drink could be but uh overall 93 banger cigar man this is awesome i'm glad we uh got to review this on a show with garrett this is the Cameroon uh, Don Doroteo Salt of the Earth. Uh, fantastic cigar, man. Uh, the appearance, I gave it a 9. The burn, I gave it a 9. Construction, I gave it a 9. Draw, I gave it a 9. I did straight cut mine, uh, bring my overall enjoyment to a 9.5 because obviously we had Garrett Robinson with us tonight. So got to give a little extra there, man. He took time out of our day. Uh, bring me to a 40.5, giving me a 91 overall. This was a really, really good cigar. Um, dude, I'm with Caleb. This uh, final third really punches you in the face, man. I'm, I'm almost there. I can feel it coming almost. <laughs> I'm just ready for it to Yo, it bite really me. It really gets you. It really gets you. Uh, Turns a little heavy at the end. Yeah, yeah definitely. It's very, very full at the end. Um, this is a, a great cigar. Uh, for them to be able to put this out as a core line cigar, oh I really feel like God, a, yeah. any anyone out there would be able to enjoy this cigar. Uh, for our lighter smokers, um, I'm gonna give this the old like the warning for the for the final third. Uh, I don't know if I've ever done that, but this thing really really hits at the end man so if you're uh you know a little bit of a cigar lightweight just just be weary of the uh the final third of this thing because it really will punch you before geo gets into it maybe i'll say uh maybe smoke this on a full stomach <laughs> yeah this is like a nice full stomach uh baked potato and steak kind of cigar <laughs> exactly. post post dinner cigar for sure yeah 
All right, I'm going to get into mine here. Salt of the Earth, Piedra Viva, Cameroon wrapper. Man, I this is delicious. Appearance, I gave it a nine. I'm sure hearing the uh, interesting stuff about like the production on it, we don't really know what the box or anything like that looks like, so I'm not factoring that in. So could be even higher. Uh, I like to always incorporate that, as we know. Burn, I gave this bad boy a nine. I touched it up once in the very beginning. This thing was one of the better burn and construction. I'm going to throw this. It just ties very well into each other. Construction was also a nine. I think I got one like little mini flick of ash on me throughout the entire show, and I was moving around and all that. Like, wow. Like, La Aurora, Don Doroteo, you know, you guys got something special with this one. Draw, I gave it a nine. I actually V-cut mine. Uh, I had a perfect draw. Like, I mean, I don't know if I just got the perfect cut on it, because usually, you know, it can go either way with a V-cut for me on certain cigars, but this thing was just rolled perfectly. It wasn't, you know, too tight. You know, wasn't expecting anything, you know, less here. Enjoyment, gave it a ten. Whoa. Yeah, I do. There were times where I'm just sitting listening to everybody talk, and I'm like, God damn, this thing is good. Like, I was like, yeah, one of you guys talk. I want to fucking just enjoy this sick. And on top of that, great conversation, you know. I touched on this, man, earlier in the show. Like, sometimes when you're in the conversation, man, you just want to enjoy the cigar. You don't want to think about tasting notes, and you're in this great conversation. I, I totally understand that. So... That brought my overall score to a 46, bringing that to a 92. And what is it, 91.75? Um, our overall score would be a 92. What, Add what's the, the number? Like, are all our numbers added up? Yeah. 276. No, not that. No, like 92. The, overall score. That even? That even, 92. Oh, cool, man. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> a little mathematical confusion. There, yeah, 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 yeah. 92 high rating alert right there for the three of us, man. Perfect, man. Uh, yeah, Perfect. I, I really enjoyed this cigar. I mean, listen, I was reading into this and, you know, I read about the project when I saw the announcement for it. And it's not often something lives up to, you know, what you hype up to be. And guys, when this thing comes <sighs> out. I would highly, highly recommend it. It is very, very good. Like, I don't give a lot of 90s. Like, we know. <laughs> uh, what, I think the Eye of the Shark got a 90. There's a, there's a very, very select few that get up there for me. Pledge of Allegiance, did you give it a 90? I, I think it got like a 91. Okay. Something like that. Well, hey, 92 guys. Overall, what would you guys think about that whiskey? I saw Jerry just polish off the last of his glasses. Bro, that was really, really good, man. Uh, Rock Elite, another fantastic pick. Uh, that's the Whistle Pig 10. Uh, really, where's really awesome. Rye? Yeah, where's my rye? It was super good, man. Hell yeah. Jeff March knows what he's doing over there. You know, we got to get him on. Yeah, when are you coming back on the show, bro? Why don't you reach out to us? You know, fuck, man. I get it. You're a busy man. You know, don't be big timing us. Got to bring that uh, our barrel pick as well. You know? Yeah, we got it. Yeah. But uh, that being said, Caleb, closing notes, guys. Just uh, make sure, as always, you're following on the Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, YouTube, Instagram. I already said that. Just 
follow us on everything. We're out there. That was that punch. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Shit gave him a stutter. <laughs> Just uh, keep keep up with the likes, the comments. Tell a friend. Share the show with anyone. All the likes, the grow you know grow gang. It helps us out. The you 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 YouTube. <laughs> make sure you're following that. And uh, guys, make sure you're listening to us uh, audio only on the Cigar Hustler Podcast Network. We fucking love you guys. We love all the support. Uh, reach out to us, man. We love hearing from you guys. We love uh, all the all the messages we've been getting from all you guys, man. Reach out, man. If there's something you want us to review, there's something you want to talk about, let's talk, man. We love it. Yeah, I mean, and for sure, if you're here at this point, make sure you're going to follow Don Doroteo. Look into that product, man. Like They're a growing company, and if this is the type of product they're putting to regular market, I can only imagine what that limited bad boy's like. Look forward to smoking that. Uh, Cigar Hustlers got them. I don't know of any other retailers at the moment, but I'm sure they're out there. Enjoy, guys. You will appreciate this. That being said, guys, we'll see you guys next Wednesday. Peace. Peace. The Down to Herf Podcast, its owners and sponsors take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the talk show hosts or their guests. Statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of Mike and Mike Productions or the podcast providers, and opinions between talk show hosts may differ. It's not our intention to libel, incite, or hurt anyone's feelings. We invite you to write the show's host, Jerry Lewandowski, with any feedback or suggestions you have for their show. These broadcasts are presented and made public as entertainment in the hopes that they will be entertaining to the audience.